Well, hello, listeners. This is Jamie L's Pause Face. I want to thank each and every one of you guys for joining in um, once again to this, um, to my messages. Thank you for looking at my old messages. And um, I just want to thank you guys for, um, you know, just being supportive. And I pray that, um, you know, that you're staying encouraged and, um, and I'm glad that God is strengthening you um, each and every day to get through this period of time in history. Um, okay, guys. Um, and I'm also sorry just for how long it's been since I've been on here. It's been just a lot of adjustments that need to be made. and um, But I'm, I'm glad that I'm thankful that I don't care how long I, I stay away from this station. You guys always support me and always... Um, you know, um, bless, listen to my messages over and over again. I see the numbers of the plays and I'm, I just know that it's nothing but, but the grace of God, um, that, that keeps happening. Um, okay. So guys, let's just get right on into prayer. Okay. Dear Lord, um, just, I come to your throne this evening, um, just want to lift up in prayer all the believers and um, that are uh, at home right now, Lord. And I just pray, Lord, that as the Sabbath rest began, Lord, that they're just spending time in your presence and thanking you um, for all that you've done, Lord. I just pray, Father, for the listeners out there, Lord, that you'll continue to strengthen them, Lord. And that I pray, Lord, that um, you'll help them t- by my messages to... Um, be encouraged to know that you love them, Lord, that you are in control of all things and that um, you'll always protect us and provide for us, Father. Um, I pray as this message is being spoken, I just pray, Holy Spirit, uh, that you'll speak for me and that you'll get this message um, out not only to the uh, listeners that tune in, but that they'll be encouraged to want to encourage someone else. Uh, by this message also, Father God, I just thank you um, for your grace, your mercy, and your truth, Lord. Um, I pray, Father, that you'll help us to always speak the truth in love, Lord, and that um, we'll be um, able to um, stay close together at this time, Lord, um, to not physically distance, but to socially, not socially distance, but to spiritually dis- distance, excuse me, and that... Um, as Easter approach and as any other holidays, Father, that we'll spend with our family, Lord. Help us to remember how much you love and honor um, families being close together and being a one accord, Lord. Um, I think of the story in Acts, Father, um, where the uh, first Christians in the church, how they had all things in common and shared things with others and was giving, Father. Help us to be more giving, Lord. Help us, Father, to not be in comparison with each other, Lord, but that we will use our gifts that you've given us to uh, bless others, Lord, at this time. You tell us that the little that we give to others, that you'll bless us with double that in abundance, Father God. We thank you, Lord, the blessing of life in itself, which is the greatest gift of all, Father. In Jesus' name, with the forgiveness of all of my sins, I pray. Amen. Alrighty, guys. So, um, in the midst of this time right now, 
um, it's been very challenging uh, for everyone on to, to one level or another. Um, but um, I just wanted to let I just want to let you guys know that God loves you guys. That God is in control of this situation and that um, I just pray that this message will be encouraging to you guys. It's called Have No Strength. Um, so we're going to start off with um, reading Judges chapter six. Um, this is the story of Gideon. Um, this is the very this isn't this isn't the very first story in the Bible where it's talking about, you know, um, fear. I mean, you know, there's, um, you know, Adam, which was in the beginning, um, he was fearful of um, of God and um, blame Eve for having bitten the apple, you know, there's a lot of other stories, there's Job, and there's so many other stories in the Bible um, that um, struggle with being fearful. And fear is such a grip, a, a grippling, um, paralyzing feeling. Somebody said that it meant false evidence appearing real. And most of the times, that's that's what it is. But I mean, I think that it's good that we do have um, a little bit of fear. You know, we, we're not going to jump off a bridge or, you know, kill ourselves just because, you know, we're not afraid of that. <laughs> you know, that would be a really, really bad thing, you know. But it's, it's, it's one thing to, uh, you know, be fearful in, in survival and to let fear just take control of our lives. Um so um let's start with Gideon. Um but first I want to um just a second. Yeah, okay, let's start with Gideon. <laughs> okay, so we're going to be in Gideon chapter 6 verse 1. I feel like uh probably read it. Okay. Again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, and for seven years he gave them into the hands of the Midianites. Because the power of Midian was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountain clefts, caves, and strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, the Midianites, Amalekites, and the other eastern people invaded the country. They camped on the on the land and ruined the crops all the way to Gaza and did not spare a living thing for Israel. Neither sheep nor cattle nor donkeys. They came up with their livestock in their tents like swarms of locusts. It was impossible to count the men and their camels. They invaded the land to ravish it. Midian was so impoverished. Wait, wait, wait. Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. When the Israelites cried to the Lord because of Midian, he sent them a prophet who said, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. I brought you up out of the land of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. I snatched you from the power of Egypt and from the hand of all the oppressors. Okay, let's just stop there. Okay, so I mean the first the first um 
two chapters is talking about the same situation uh, with with these people rebelling against God. And um, Israel was God's chosen people. He delivered them from slavery from the Egyptians. And um, he, you know, provided food for them. He provided protection and shelter from them. And all he, all God asks is that they would put their faith in him, that they would trust in him, and that um, they would in turn away from God. And so many times that has happened, you know, they've, you know, rejected the Lord. And um, it's, uh, it, it really, for God, that really hurts the Lord, you know, but God in his great mercy, he's always so uh, compassionate to us. And he always, um, he, he, he gives us a rod, like he, he, he shows his rod of, of discipline. Um, but it's, it's great because when we're suffering, that's what really brings us to our knees and brings us back to wanting hope and wanting that, um, security and love from God again. And that's what, what happens here. The Midianites, um, they basically were doing the same thing that same thing that the Egyptians did to the Israelites. This is what God allowed the Midianites to do to the Israelites. He they took food from them, you know, while they were sleeping. Imagine them working years and days wages and having people take all their food from them, ravish all of their weapons and everything. And the Israelites, they you know, became very sad and, and hopeless and they came back to God. Um, okay, let's go on to verse 11. It says, the angel of the Lord came and sat under, down under the oak in Orpha that belonged to Joash the Ab- Abizarite, um, where his son, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in the wine press to keep it from the Midianites. Um, so we see here that, um, Joash's son, Gideon, he's going to definitely be the topic of this whole uh, message. Um, He was um, basically hiding food under wheat um, and a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. Okay, let's verse 12 says, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Gideon said, but sir. If the Lord is with us, why have all this happened to us? Where are all these wonders that our fathers told us about when they did? Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and put us in the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to Gideon and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. And I am I not sending you? So um, you can see here, God is, has chosen Gideon um, to, um, you know, the, um, defeat the Midianites, but, um, Gideon, he, you know, he, he just said, you know, he, he's, he, he's actually just, you know, placing blame on God saying, you're supposed to deliver, you delivered us out of Egypt, but now it seems like you've abandoned us. So he hasn't quite grasped like why, um, God allowed this to happen. Okay, verse 14 says, 
Verse 15 says, but Lord, Gideon said, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in, in Manasseh and I am the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you and you will strike down all the Midianites together. Gideon replied, if now I have found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that it is really you talking to me, Lord. Please do not go away until I come back and bring my offering and set it before you. And the Lord said, I will wait until you return. Okay, so the prophet that came in verse seven, I haven't figured out who it was, but, um, you know, you know, God sends lots of uh, prophets, um, which a prophet is someone that speaks to speaks for God as they are carried along by the spirit. Um, they usually talk about something that has happened or something that will happen and explains why it's going to happen and why it happened. You know, um, that verse is in Second uh, Peter 1, uh, verse 21, if you guys want to read that. Um, and um, I don't know if you guys um, know, um, in First Corinthians 14, 29, um, 29, 14 chapter 14 verse 29 talks about the spirit of prophecy um is is what is one of the gifts of the spirit and um you know that that really explains verse chapter 14 verse 29 through 32 explains what it means to be to have the spirit of prophecy um and I just thought that was really interesting cuz I never really knew what the spirit of prophecy was um, I mean, I would say that we all have a spirit of prophecy. If you're a Christian, you have the spirit of prophecy because, um, we were with Jesus. We understand his pains, what happened to him. We died with Jesus. We rose again with Jesus. And one day we'll be with Jesus very, very soon. Amen. <laughs> but, uh, verse four, first Corinthians chapter 14 verses 29 through 32 is where you want to uh, look, if you're curious, like I was, but I'm not going to get into that verse or talk about that. Okay. So I don't know who the prophet is. Um, I've been trying to like research and, and see who, um, the prophet was that, um, that came or whatever. I don't know, but, uh, let's go back. Okay. So, um, we see here that Gideon, he didn't have any faith in God. He asked God for a sign, um, and, um, he said, uh, if you, if this is really you talking to me, so we can see that the enemy was definitely, um, uh, making Gideon believe that it was, uh, somebody else besides God that was talking to him. And verse 14, I mean, 19, I'm saying 14 verse, verse 19 says, Gideon went in, prepared a young goat and from an ephah of flour, he made bread without yeast, putting the meat in a basket and its broth in a pot. He brought them out and offered them to him under the oak tree. The angel of the Lord said to him, take the meat and the unleavened bread, place them on the rock and pour out your broth. And Gideon did so with the tip of the staff that was in his hand. And the angel of the Lord touched the meat and the unleavened bread. Fire flared from the rock, consuming the meat and the bread, and the angel of the Lord disappeared. When Gideon realized that it was the angel of the Lord, he exclaimed, Ah, sovereign Lord, I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. Verse 23, But the Lord said to him, Peace, do not be afraid. 
you are not going to die. So Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and called it the Lord is peace. To this day, it stands in Orpha of the Abizrites. That same night, the Lord said to take the second bull from your father's your father's herd, the one seven years old, tear down your father's altar to bow and cut it down. The Isherah pole also beside it. Then build a proper kind of altar to the Lord, your God, on the top of this height, using the wood of the Isherah pole that you cut down. Offer the second bull as a burnt offering. Okay, so at this point, we see that um, God asks Gideon to, um, he said that, um, he, he made meat and, a bread patty and he put like the chicken broth on, um, on the rock. And then God consumed the entire offering. The angel of the Lord spoke face to face with Gideon and he still didn't really believe it, believe that it really was the angel until God consumed that. And then God told him to gave him um, orders to go and tear down the Asherah pole and the altar of Baal. And um, that's what he went to go do. And um, OK, so. Verse 27, it says, so Gideon took 10 of his servants and then as the Lord told him, but because he was afraid of his family and the men of the town, he did it at night rather than in the daytime. In the morning, when the men of the town got up, there was Baal's altar demolished and with the Asherah pole beside it cut down and the second bull sacrificed on the newly built art altar. OK, so a bull was um, sacrificed on the newly built altar, which is supposed to represent God. Um, they asked each other who did this when they finally and get carefully investigated, they were told Gideon, son of Joash did it. The men of the town demanded Joash, bring out your son. He must die because he has broken down Baal's altar and cut the Asherah pole beside it. But Joash replied to the hostile crowd around him. Are you going to plead Baal's case? Are you trying to save him? Whoever fights for him shall be put to death by morning. If Baal really is a God, he can defend himself when someone breaks down his altar. So that day they called Gideon, Jerub Baal, saying, let Baal contend with him because he broke down Baal's altar. So um, contend means argue or, um, you know, go against each other. So Baal... Um, so Gideon's name is changed to Jerobal. Um, his father, you know, defended um, um, defended Jerobal and was saying that um, if it's uh, your God, then um, let him fight for himself. If not, then um, um, if not, then, you know, then let it be as it is. OK, so we go down. So um, now. um this is actually, I'm just going to read it really quickly. Verse 33 through 40. It says, so now <clears throat> all the Midianites, Amalekites, and other Eastern people joined forces and crossed over the Jordan <clears throat> and camped in the Valley of Jezreel. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon 
and he blew a trumpet, summoning the Asbirsrites to follow him. He sent messengers throughout Manasseh, calling them to arms, and also in Asher, Zebulon, Naphtali, so that they too went up to meet him. Gideon said to God, if you will save Israel by my hand, as you have promised, <coughs> look, I will place a wool fleece on the threshing floor. If there is dew only on the fleece and all the ground is dry, then I will know that you will save Israel by my hand, as you said. And that is what happened. Gideon rose early the next day. He squeezed the fleece and wrung out the dew in a bowl full of water. Then Gideon said to God, do not be angry with me. Let me make just one more request. Allow me one more test with the fleece. This time, make the fleece dry and the ground covered with dew around it. That night, God did so. Only the fleece was dry and the ground was covered with dew. Okay, that's the end of that. <clears throat> so um, we see here... <coughs> Okay, so we see here, you know, the biggest thing is um, Gideon was afraid of his family. Gideon was afraid of not uh, being able to fight in the strength of that God is, is giving him the Midianites and uh, Amalekites. And not only that, after God did, he did three things that he did three miracles that Gideon asked him and he still um well after the third one he believed um and God is God is trying to tell trying to show Gideon like look I want you to have faith by all means I want you to believe in me but he didn't he didn't he didn't, you know, believe in God at first. He didn't trust that God was going to protect him, that God wasn't going to let uh, the Midians um, defeat him. Um, as we go on to verse 7 and 8, um, it talks about um, about how God ended up um, delivering uh, the Israelites um, he ended up um, delivering the, Midi the uh, Israelites from the Midians um, with only 300 men. You know, they had thousands and thousands of men. Um, he, um, you know, had this, um, these people come together. And uh, I thought it was strange how it was just 300 people that, you know, but that's God, you know, with, with God, he can do all things, you know. He can, you know, use a donkey to talk like he did with uh, Balak and um, at that time. And, you know, he can use all things to get our attention. And the overall goal is that we might not just believe in him, but that we'll have faith in him. You know, um, it's, it's, it's a great start to believe in God, um, because if we believe in God, that means that we can grow in, in, in faith and in and trust in him. And um, that's what it's about. You know, these people were ordinary people like us. They, um, you know, made mistakes. They worship things that they shouldn't worship. They lied. And that's what their Israelites is a representative of, of who we are today. We do things our own way. We don't, you know, we say we trust God, but then we stray and do our own thing. And I can speak for myself. I do it all the time. And, um, but God always leads us back down at his feet because um, 
because of our suffering and because of our weaknesses, we're reminded that, look, we are like so small in comparison to what's going on in the world right now. You know, like God, if God values the birds of the air, he values us, you know. Um, But we also have to put into perspective that we do have a sin nature and God is trying so hard to change our sin nature and give us a new nature like his. And the only way that we can constantly be changed in our new nature is that is if we spend time with God, reading our word and letting the word just uh, wash us of our old um, sinful nature that we have, you know, And okay, so let's go to um, actually, you know, we can continue on reading down. We're going to read Gideon a little bit about what happens. Okay, so early in the morning, uh, Gideon and all his men camped at the spring of, of Herod. The camp of Midian was north of them in the valley near the hill of Moray. The Lord said to Gideon, you have too many men for me to deliver into their hands. In order that Israel may not boast against me that her own strength has saved her, announce now to the people, anyone who trembles with fear may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. So 22,000 men left while 10,000 remain. But the Lord said to Gideon, there are too many still. Okay, so God, like like I say, God's his his main objective is that we will have faith in him. You know, if that would be too humanly possible, if there was, you know, 22,000 men fighting against them. But God used 300 men and all of these men, 300 men of Israelites and over thousands and thousands of men of the Midianites and the Amalekites. To show that, you know, that was impossible. But if it was with, but long as it's with me and if you're going in the power of my strength, all things are possible. I think about this story of um, of Daniel when Daniel fought Goliath. And although that was humanly, that humanly looked impossible for a puny, thin boy like Daniel to defeat this great, huge giant. God allowed him to defeat him because he didn't use his own strength. He walked in the strength and had the faith of God to prove that. And that's exactly what this is. Okay, verse 4 says, verse 4 of chapter 7 says, But the Lord said to Gideon, There's still too many men. Take them down to the water and I will sift them out for you. This one If I say this one shall go with you, he shall go. But if I say this one shall not go with you, he shall not go. So Gideon took the men down to the water. Then the Lord told him, separate those who lap the water with their tongues like a dog from those who kneel down to drink. Um, Then 300 men lapped with their hands to to their mouths and all the rest got down on their knees to drink. The Lord said to Gideon, with the 300 men that, I, that lapped up, I will save you and give the Midianites into your hands. Let all the other men go, each to his own place. So Gideon sent the rest of the Israelites to their tents, but kept the 300 with over, who took over the provisions and trumpets of the others. Now the camp in Midian, this is when, um, I thought that was really interesting how God told some of the men, 
to lap up the water like a dog. And then he told the other one to scoop water into their hands and to drink. Um, I don't really know what the significance of what that is, but um, he chose, God chose the one that lapped up water um, uh, to, uh, um, you know, fight with Gideon. Okay, so this is verse seven talks about uh, God and how he sent, how he set Gideon and the Midianites to 300 men to go and overtake the Midianites. It says, with the 300 men that lapped, I will save and, the, and give the Midianites into your hands. Let all the men go, each to his own. Okay, now the, now the camp of Midian lay below him in the valley. During the night, the Lord said to Gideon, get up, go down against the camp, because I am going to give it into your hands. If you are afraid to attack, go down to the tent with your servant, Pura. And listen to what they are saying. Afterward, you will be encouraged to attack the camp. So he and Pura, his servant, went down to the outpost of the camp. The Midianites, the Amalekites, and the other eastern people that settled in the valley, thick as locusts, their camels could no more be counted than the sand of the seashore. Okay, let's just stop there. Okay, so I take it back. Okay, so not only God knew, God knows each and every person's heart. God knew that even despite of these miracles that these three miracles that um, he shown Gideon to prove that it was really him. God knows our hearts. He's he's not like man. He doesn't look at the outward appearance, but he says he looks at our hearts and he can tell He knew that Gideon was going to still need encouragement, even despite God speaking to him, God sending the angel, God, you know, um, you know, just he, he knew that he would still need encouragement. So he told him to hear what his uh, servant Puri was going to say before he went to attack them. You know, God personally woke him up. Well, it says right here in verse uh Nine, during the night, the Lord said to Gideon, get up, go down against the camp because I'm going to give it into your hands. He says, if you are afraid of the attack, go down to the camp where you're serving Pura and listen to what he will say. Verse 13, you know, that just shows once again, you know, he had lots of doubts and he was fearful of his life. Um. Gideon arrived just as the men was telling a friend his dream. Gideon arrived just as a man was telling a friend his dream. I had a dream, he said. A round loaf of barley bread came tumbling into the Midianite camp. It struck the tent with such force that the tents overturned and collapsed. His friend responded, this can be nothing other than the sword of Gideon, son of Joash. The Israelite. This can be nothing other than the sword of Gideon, son of Joash, the Israelite. God has given the Midianites and the whole camp into his hands. When Gideon heard the dream of the guy and its interpretation, he worshiped God. He returned to the camp of Israel and be- and called out, get up. The Lord has given the Midianites into our hands. Dividing the 300 men into three groups, he placed trumpets and empty jars in the hands of all of them with torches inside. Watch me, he told them. Follow my lead. When I get to the edge of the camp, do exactly as I do. When I and all the... all 
who are with me blow our trumpets then from all the other camp all the others around the camp blow yours and shout for the lord and for gideon okay so we see here that his servant um he went down near to hear where his servant said and there was a guy that was saying his dream and he said that it means that gideon would be able to feed the midianites and that's when um Gideon actually worshiped God all the other times he just said you know praise the Lord like I believe you but he he actually worshiped God you know <clears throat> and it's one thing to say like you know you know praise God and you know I believe but like I say God knows our hearts he knows exactly what we need when we need it to help us to fall on our knees to come to him and <clears throat> For Gideon, that's what it took. But it took him all of that for him to say, look, okay, I got to go to here. This is what God is telling me to do. I got to get gather up all these uh, these 300 men. And we got we got to go right now to their camp while they're asleep to overtake them because God is going to deliver us. Even despite there being more of them than us, God is going to deliver him. And I believe that in my heart. <clears throat> Second Chronicles. Um, 2012 says, Oh, our God, will you, will you not judge them for we have no power or might to stand this great multitude, to stand against this great multitude coming before us, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are on you, you know? Um, and that's the thing, you know, God is, he's telling us to believe and to trust in him. You know, he says that he's always going to have our back. He's always going to fight for us constantly but we have to have that faith to believe in him in this time you know and I think about the things that are going on right now in the world and it just makes us feel vulnerable to attack like you know because you know we we as humans we were created to want things to um go our way and have control of certain things and this is one of those things in the world that's going on that we can't control we can't you know make it go away when we want it to. And I think that uh, in itself shows that our limited ability, it shows that um, we don't have strength and we don't have the mental capacity to um, really change this thing right away. You know, we don't have the choice to, to say who who gets this virus and who doesn't. But thank God that he is in uh, position and that he sees all of these things that's going on and that I pray to God that people would come closer to God at this time and recognize that it's only by him that we'll be saved. It's only by him that he'll protect us from all physical, mental, and spiritual harm, you know, and um, deliver us from all the things that's going on. Um, right now and honestly not to delve too deeply in it but it actually says in first thessalonians 5 that you know all of these things must take place before the end before the end um all these must take place then the end will come and then jesus will come for us he said it'll be food shortages it'll be diseases and pestilences it'll be earthquakes in various places the sun will turn black um, so many things that's going to happen. So we shouldn't be alarmed because God already predicted this thing. And he already said that we will remain under the shelter of him, regardless of what happens in the end. Okay, so, um, 
you know, um, let's go back to the story. So, you know, he's very confident right now. Gideon's confident. He, he, he has the insurance. He knows that God is sending him to do this, you know, by the dream, by these three um, miracles God performed. They're at the camp right now. Um, they're at the edge of the camp. Okay, let's go with uh, verse 20. It says, three, the three companies blew the trumpets and smashed the jars, grasping the torches in their hands, their left hands, and holding it in their right hand, in their right hands, the trumpets they were to blow. They shouted a sword for the for the Lord and for Gideon, while each man held his position around the camp. All the Midianites ran, crying out as they fled. When the Lord, when when the three hundred trumpets sounded, the Lord caused the men throughout the camp of the Midianites to turn on each other with their swords and kill them. The army fled to Beth Shitta toward. Zerura, as far as the border of Abel Mehola near Tabith. Israelites of Natali, Asher, and all the Manasseh were called out, and they were pursuing the Midianites. Gideon sent messengers throughout the hill country of Ephraim, saying, Come down against the Midianites and seize the waters of the Jordan ahead of them as far as Beth Barah. That was a tongue twister. <laughs> that was a mouthful right there. I mean, um, so, um, we see here that there's some Midian, there were some Midianites that fled, but most of the ones they God caused them to turn against each other and kill each other. Um, all they had to do, all the Midian, all the um, Israelites had to do was to light their torches, to um, um, blow their trumpets, to break the jars that they had in their hand, and to say what they said. What did they say? A sword for the Lord and for Gideon, you know, and then they ended up fleeing. Um, so that's what happened there. So they were captured. Um, they were captured at the Jordan and were killed. And um, it says in verse 25, they also captured two of the Midianite leaders. Oreb and Zeb, so those are the leaders of the Midianites. They killed Oreb at the rock of Oreb and Zeb at the wine press of Zeb. They pursued the Midianites and brought the heads of Oreb and Zeb to Gideon, who was by the Jordan. So um, the rest of the Midianites, he called them down to seize um, uh, the Midianites at the Jordan because they were away, because Gideon was a ways away, but he wanted to stop them. There and they ended up killing the two leaders and bringing um, the heads of Oreb and Zeb to Gideon. So, you know, God delivered them. Um, but my whole thing is it took all of this to happen. It took all of these things for Gideon to believe and to trust that God had his back. You know, Gideon was fearful. He, um, had lots of doubts. He feared so much for his life and he, he didn't have the, um, he knew logically, which makes sense that, look, these people have been oppressing us for years and they've taken our food. They captured, um, 
all of our resources and you want us to you want me to go there to defeat them and, and to overtake them knowing that they've been doing it to us for years and it seemed impossible <clears throat> but God like I said God does the impossible and um remember it this wouldn't have never happened to them if they wouldn't have disobeyed God in the first place the Israelites disobeyed God and they trusted in this Asherah pole and um, started building this altar with Baal and they keep doing this constantly even after God delivered them and all they've done for them and um, God's objective is for us to serve and worship him and only him you know he always has our best interests at heart and he always knows um what we need to help us to come back to him because we belong to him anyways. Verse um, Psalm 121, it says, I look to the hills from wherefore comes my help. It comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. All creation, all creation was created and made by God. Um, We are his own people and we were made to worship and glorify him. When we turn to other things, other idols and other gods and, um, start worshiping ourselves. we lose focus and, um, fall off from, um, believing and knowing that God is the reason why we are alive. God is the reason why we're alive. God is, is, is everything to us. He's the one that redeemed us. He's the one that saved us. And, um, he told us that if we live in sin constantly, we will die. But if we cast off our sin and if we, um, our obedience to him will live. Um, and the only, the more we continue to sin and, and do these, to um, make our own idols and, and worship them on idols, will it leads to spiritual death. But um, God came that we might have life and that we might have it abundantly. And that life was in Jesus. And um, <clears throat> so uh, in verse, um, in Proverbs 1, 7, it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom, you know, and it's, that's, it's a difference between, like I was saying in the beginning, um, fear and shame and dread and anxiety, like that's worldly fear, but uh, godly fear is um, reverence, it's holy, it's um, um, high honor, you know, it's, it's all of that, and it's not any... Um, it doesn't have anything to do with, with being emotion, like our emotion struck that paralyzes us from doing something, you know. Um, in our brain, we have a center called the amygdala. That's what really controls our fear responses. And then, you know, it's it, sometimes it, it can get like big. Like we, we do have it, like, like I said, a great capacity for it, but it can get big. Some people's get some people's McDonald's are bigger than others for certain reasons, but our frontal lobe is what controls our reasoning, which is controls our um, uh, being able to uh, process certain things, and um, it, it helps us to logically understand certain things. And in Gideon's case, he that he, he logically it made sense for him to fear these people, you know, if it wasn't God speaking and another regular human, humanly man said, Oh, get up tomorrow. You're going to go and, uh, defeat the Midianites. And, um, 
you know, and and, and they're going to be into your hands. You know, he's not going to believe him because he's like, you and what army? What do I have? You know, nothing. But if God is telling you to do something, we can trust and believe in God. We can have faith that God is going to equip us to do and carry out exactly what he's telling us to, to do. I think about Noah in the Bible. Noah um, was told to prepare an ark. Noah was a faithful man. You know, he, he trusted in God. He walked very, very close with God every day. But I know people around him was like, what is this man doing? Like he's he's building his ark. He's taking all the two of each animal, you know, and um, what is he doing? You know, but then when the flood came, only him, him and eight of his family members, him included, was saved. You know, and that's because he was faithful and he was obedient to God, you know, and a lot of times we don't have that faith. We don't have the faith that to know that regardless of what's going on around us, regardless of the losses that we suffer, God is so close to us. He's ever close to us in that and he's comforting us. Um, Psalm 91, 14 says, because he loves me, I will deliver him because he knows my name. I will protect him. And then I think about Psalm 91. Um, Psalm 91 says, those who dwell in the shelter of Almighty will remain under me, you know, and he'll he'll deliver us and save us. He tells us that. Um, Romans 8, 20, 28, it says, all things work together for those. All things work together for good for those who love God. So regardless if it's bad things, regardless if it's good things, it all works together in the end. And God always has an ultimate plan for every single thing in place. And usually that leads us closer to him. And usually that leads us closer to him. We usually at the end of we have more faith and we're more refined by the fire. Okay, Jeremiah 31, 3 says, The Lord appeared to me saying, I will love you with an everlasting love, so I will continue to show my kindness. And that's what God is. God is a God of love. He's a God of grace, mercy, and he's patient with us. Even while we're stubborn hearted and we continue to do um, the evil and <clears throat> he still waits for us and gives us chance after chance to... Um, you know, come back to him and repent of our sins. But that doesn't mean that we can take advantage of, of our repentance and say, look, you know, Lord, I, I apologize for this and then keep doing it, you know, because it says that those that know not to do sin and continue to sin to him, it is sin. And God knows our hearts. So we can't fool him with just our words. He looks at what our hearts are really saying when we repent. But the good thing is, is that even when we struggle with certain sins, God understands that he understands that we are man and that our sinful nature can control us. But that's why he, he he's guaranteed to give us his Holy Spirit, because he know that without our, his Holy Spirit in us, that we can't be changed. We can't be sanctified each and every day because of that. The spirit of truth that lives in us helps us to um, walk like God, talk like God, to understand deep spiritual truths and to love others as we love ourselves. You know, and that's a hard thing to do, like actually loving a brother as ourselves. It's deeper than just smiling and putting on, you know, a smile and saying, oh, yeah, 
help. Thank you so much. You know, it's deeper than just uh, saying, you know, something else and then our heart not matching up to that. But God says to love others as ourselves. Um, we, we, we wouldn't go without eating. We wouldn't go without, <laughs> uh, looking at ourselves in the mirror, making sure our hair is, is straight. We wouldn't go without drinking water. We wouldn't, uh, neglect ourselves, <clears throat> you know, so we shouldn't do this. We shouldn't do the same to other people. And that's what God is trying to teach us that, you know, that he is love. And when we remain in him, that Jesus will continue to remain in us and that we'll be able to continue to produce those fruits, um, that's in us already. And, um, we'll be able to diffuse the very love and joy and peace and all of that, that God has, has given us and deposited in us. You know, we can, um, when we got saved, he tells us that, um, we're no longer bound by fear and shame and guilt and, um, you know, all of that, that that doesn't belong to God. That belongs to the enemy. But now that we have the spirit and now that we have new life and a new identity, we can trust and believe that God is on our side, that uh, death, where is your sting? And regardless of uh, the um, trials that comes to us, we know that we are going to have the victory anyways. But we have to trust in God. We have to pray to God. We have to say, Lord, I don't know what's going right on right now. I'm really confused. I have a lot of uncertainty, but my eyes are going to be on you. I will look up, you know, and we, we constantly need reminded of that every single day. I know I do. Like, you know, it's a little while. I'll be like, you know, Lord, you know, I trust you. And then certain situations, I will trust him. And then with other things, I'm just like, you know, it's doubts there and, You know, I'm glad that God allows me to see that so that I can bring that concern to him um, because um, that's not a part of my nature anymore. So I can't operate in that way. You know, he said that if you walk in, if you live in the spirit, if you walk in the spirit, you shall live in the spirit. And um, that's another topic in itself. But I just want to encourage you guys um, through this story is that Gideon struggled with sin. Gideon, um, was disobedient to God. He didn't have any faith in the Lord. Um, we think about Thomas, the doubter, how he wanted to see the very, put his finger in the very marks of Jesus, Jesus living in the flesh right in front of him in order for him to know that that was Jesus Christ standing in front of him. You know, these miracles that Jesus performed, um, he, he, he sent his angel and a prophet to speak to, uh, Gideon and Gideon still had doubts. Gideon was still fearful more of his life, uh, than anything, but, uh, God does love us. And, um, regard every, everything that we struggle with and all of our weaknesses, he's going to help us to get through that. Um, as long as we put our faith in him and as long as we uh, seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness, everything else will fall into place, you know. So. Uh, that's one more scripture I wanted to read. Oh, um, second Corinthians twelve nine. God says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in your weaknesses. You know, regardless of what weakness, like I was just saying, 
You know, God is aware of that. He knows our struggles, but we can look to the hills. We can call out on his name. We can bring our doubts, our fears, our joys, our pains. We can bring that to his throne in prayer and we can trust that he's going to strengthen us, that he's going to protect us, that he's going to show us uh, our doubts and, and the things that uh, may look fearful when really in reality they're not, you know. It says in uh, in um, First Thessalonians, it says that um, be anxious for nothing, but by prayer, submit your supplication to God and the peace of God will comfort you and be with you in Christ Jesus, you know, so constant prayer is, is communication with God and uh, reading our word is nourishment for our bodies. Um, the closer we are to God, the lesser we care about the world. We care about the world around us, what's going on in the world around us. And we focus more on what God's truth is telling us. And that is that he is going to protect us, that he cares for us, that regardless of, um, the world's um, troubles and everything that we're set, we're saved and we're, we're, we're protected regardless. Um, I like that one scripture that says, um, um, do not fear and be a dread for the Lord, your God goes with you. He'll never leave us or forsaken us ever. You know, God doesn't lie. He never goes on his promises. And I just want to encourage you guys to really take these scriptures and write them down and to read over them, um, you know, during the day or whenever you have time. Um, And I pray that God will move in your spirit um, if it's in his will um, so that you'll believe those truths. Um, Well, guys, thank you so much. I love you so much, and I'm going to try to come back on here in a couple days since I have have a couple other um, messages, episodes that I want to talk about. Um, I'll probably try to come back on here every couple days if I can. I mean, it's not like I don't have time on my hands. I could do it. (laughs) I just already have it written out. I just have to record it. But, uh, you know, it's it's that discipline thing, right? <laughs> but thank you guys so much for being along, coming along with me and for uh, your consistency and um, your support. It means everything to me. Love you so much. You guys have a great night. God bless. Bye-bye.